Listener Production. Hello, Tom Tilly with you for The Briefing. In this episode, the rise of non-alcoholic beer. You're going to meet the founder of a new Aussie beer company called Heaps Normal that's gaining big share of this fast-growing market. The non-alcoholic beer market in Australia is still um, incredibly small. I think it would be around 1% of total beer consumption in Australia. We would be around 20% of that 1%. So that's Andy Miller. In under three years, his company, Heaps Normal, has been valued at $50 million. And as he says, it is 1% of total beer consumption, but that's a lot of beer and it's growing massively. So we're going to get his thoughts on why so many Australians are changing their relationship with alcohol, as well as hear the story of his company, Heaps Normal. First, today's headlines with Eleanor Harrison-Dengate. It is Friday, January 27th. Tens of thousands of people have marched in Invasion Day rallies across the country with 15,000 in Melbourne alone. As well as speaking out against Australia Day, there was also strong opposition to the proposed voice to Parliament. Bring everyone together through a sovereign treaty. Green Senator Lydia Thorpe speaking at the Melbourne rally there. So she was one of many using the slogan sovereignty before voice and demanding a treaty instead of the voice, the advisory body to parliament that we'll be voting on later this year. Here's the PM, Anthony Albanese's reaction. Can you imagine next year if the referendum is not successful? I think people know that that will not be a moment uh, that shows respect for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Yeah, interesting to see there's division within the Indigenous community about the voice as well. Polling's coming out from the advocates saying that it is actually 80% um, of Indigenous people that support the voice. And they point out that there's always a noisy part of the Indigenous activist community, like Lydia Thorpe, who we heard there, that want a treaty and won't accept anything less. The reality is that the voice could pave the way for a treaty further down the track. I guess the issue with a treaty, though, is that Unlike New Zealand, um, where the Maori people are united so they could have one treaty, in Australia we've got more than 350 different Indigenous groups. Yeah, it it won't be simple, um, but I think the point is that they're not mutually exclusive, a voice or a treaty, and there are already Mm. treaties being drawn up between state governments and their Indigenous peoples. So it's a complex conversation when you bring treaty first and try and have all these debates at once, but... As we're witnessing, this debate about the voice is raising a lot of issues. The new Australian of the Year, Taryn Brumford, has spoken out about body image issues men face. I've had many conversations with many different men who are feeling a lot of shame about their bodies and they're hiding it and they're not voicing it and they're not talking to people about it and I think that we need to. That's her on the project last night. So the Body Positivity Advocate is a documentary director, writer and speaker and heads an organisation called Body Image Movement. Yeah, and she's got an interesting backstory. She was a bodybuilder um, in a previous life and about 10 years ago she started getting some big traction on social media because she posted these before and after photos. So the before photos were her posing in these bodybuilding competitions in a bikini, absolutely ripped. And the aftershots are the more realistic photos once she left bodybuilding of her looking older, frailer and heavier. So it's a much more realistic portrayal than the way people treat their bodies in those bodybuilding professions. Um, She then went on to release documentaries and several books. So it's going to be really interesting to see how much impact she has now that she has this platform of being Australian of the Year and hopefully she can encourage 
a lot of us to have more healthy relationships with our bodies. The body of missing Gold Coast mother Wendy Sleeman has been found in the boot of a car in Brisbane's north. Her 30-year-old son Slade has been arrested over multiple offences, including kidnapping. Detectives have been working around the clock on this job and we saw the arrest of uh, the 30-year-old male and we've located the vehicle and, and her. It's a, a, tragic, a tragic scene, a tragic circumstance. Superintendent Brendan Smith there. This is a twisted story. So her son, Slade Murdoch, was allegedly seen driving off in a blue Honda Jazz the same day his mother went missing. And now her body's been found by police in the boot of that car. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the backstory to this one is. In a major turning point for the Russia-Ukraine conflict, the US has committed to sending 31 tanks to Ukraine. The Abrams tanks are the most capable tanks in the world. Joe Biden there. It's after the UK and Germany have both made recent decisions to send some of their tanks to Ukraine, 14 each. Okay, so you say this is a big turning point. Is is there a sense that with these tanks that Ukraine could basically finish off the war? Well, Ukraine says they potentially could if they get 300. So right. the current numbers that we've got, 58. Um, so if they get a whole bunch more, potentially. The Australian Open women's final is set with reigning Wimbledon champion Elena Rybakina to face Arena Sabalenka in Saturday's decider after both won their semi-finals in straight sets overnight. She's playing the great tennis, super aggressive, and um, yeah, it's going to be a great battle. I'm really looking forward for this final. Sabalenka there, so it'll be the 24-year-old's first ever Grand Slam final. And the men's doubles final is going to be interesting as well tomorrow. So we don't have the special case, but two other Aussies have made it. Rinki Hijikata and Jason Kubler will be into the final. And the men's singles semis are happening today. So you've got Karen Hachinov versus Stefanos Tsitsipas there in the afternoon. That'll be interesting. Uh, it's the third seed against the 18th seed, uh, Hachinov. He's been playing very well, though, probably you know, better than his 18th seed would suggest. And then there's Djokovic versus Tommy Paul. And Djokovic, it seems like the further this tournament's gone on, the better his hamstring gets and the more he's <laughs> steamrolling his opponents. So I, I got a feeling he's going to do the same and win in straight sets again and probably be in the final, probably holding up the trophy. But it could be him and Tsitsipas in the final, which would be amazing. It would be. I think Djokovic is pretty determined to get that 10th title. All right. Thank you very much, Eleanor. In just a moment, the founder of Heaps Normal. All right, now to our interview with Andy Miller, who's the co-founder and CEO of Heaps Normal. It's a non-alcoholic beer brand that launched in July 2020, so not that long ago considering how well it's going. Andy Miller, thank you so much for joining us on The Briefing. When you were a boy, way before you even thought about starting Heaps Normal, had you noticed how obsessed Australians were with drinking alcohol? Um, no, I can't say I, I had. Um, it just felt really normal. You know, I think, um, you know, sitting on dad's knee at a barbecue or something like that with uh, everyone having a tin in their hand. And, you know, it definitely felt like um, the thing you do as a as a grown adult and particularly um, as, a, as a man. Okay, and so moving a long way forward, uh, later on in your career, once you're an adult, you ended up working for a beer company. What was that like and how did it set the, the kind of platform or seed the ideas for what was to come for you? 
for me, I, I've always had a real interest in beer. I don't know if that was, you know, because of some of those formative experiences as a youngster, but I, you know, always really enjoyed the taste of beer. And, you know, prior to, to working with some of Australia's best craft beer companies, I, um, you know, starting Heaps Normal wasn't really an epiphany for me. It was just a this sort of gradual build-up of understanding uh, and observing what was happening in the beer industry, in drinking culture in Australia, and for me personally. Right. So it wasn't like you had big problems with alcohol and went to AA and uh, went through some kind of Paul on the road to Damascus moment with alcohol. You actually just caught up with a friend, had a chat about this potential product, even though there wasn't really a big market for it at that point. Yeah, that's right. Most people, I think, in Australia certainly uh, can relate to that position of not feeling like they, they're anti-alcohol, but identifying moments in their lives where they'd like to be able to drink less and they'd like an option to help them do that that doesn't involve consuming loads of sugar uh, or you know being at a party and, and drinking water or soft drink. So since that point, you've had a much more in-depth look at the the social trends around alcohol. And one of the most obvious ones is that younger people are drinking a lot less. There is a major move away from those intense levels of drinking for younger people. When did you become cognizant of that? I think at the time that we launched, we were broadly aware uh, of some of those macro trends that were colliding to fuel the growth of non-alcoholic drinks Uh, particularly in markets outside of Australia. There was some supply starting to seed into the market, but the demand was was certainly outstripping the supply at that point. Um, And that was quite easy to see with the amount of um, customers like venues looking to try, even at that stage, try uh, progressive venues looking to add an option to their menu, um, but not really being able to get their hands on something that um, worked in all cases. Okay, so you made it taste better. Uh, your first product is a is an XPA, so it sort of cut into that cottage beer trend that you'd been part of. You know, when you're working in the alcohol industry, it seems like there were a few stars aligning for you. Um, it was also the time of the pandemic. So the amazing thing about this story is this this started in 2020. So it's two and a half years ago, and you've now built a company um, that's valued at over $50 million. It's an incredible success story. Where do you sit within the category? What's your market share of the non-alcoholic beer market, and how much share does that have of the overall beer market? The non-alcoholic beer market in Australia is still um, incredibly small. I think it would be around 1% of total beer consumption in Australia uh, by volume, we would be around 20% of that 1%, I would say. Yeah. Um, we're certainly the, the, the leading independent non-alcoholic beer in the space, which is, yeah, super exciting for us, actually. Like, it's not something that we sort of, um, that we expected. I think it's due to what we were talking about a moment ago when uh, people are responding to that message of, of being able to not necessarily identify as sober but um, have options that they can enjoy, you know, different situations. So when you break down the elements of a beer and the value that that offers, how do you think your product works? Because I think drinking a beer is partly about the sensation of how it feels to drink 
a beer, the way it bubbles, it's different to a soft drink, but it's it's similar. And um, the way it's carbonated, it's the taste. Um, but then there's also the chemical impact of the alcohol. So when you break down all the different elements, what is a heaps normal beer giving people? Yeah, a mate of ours sent us a quite a funny video recently of um, him trying our new hazy uh, pale, and um, he lo- he loved the beer. But one of his first um, comments was, um, "You know, oh, it needs more fizz." I think you're right there that. A lot of people, you know, the carbonation element is a big part of it. The taste of the beer is also a big part of um, the enjoyment factor for a lot of people who are drinking um, craft beer in particular. It's a social uh, drink as well. So from our point of view, it's the feeling that you get in the moments where, in these beer moments, if you like. But Andy, aren't those social moments influenced by the the chemistry of the alcohol and the change it's making to people's mood and I guess the learnt behaviour of sharing that that moment of relaxation with other people and is that not missing from your product? What What is in that experience and I guess does not having the alcohol take away any key elements of that? Yeah, well, believe it or not, um, there is a placebo effect um, that a lot of people experience from non-alcoholic beer and in fact, we we had a lot of people um, write to us in, in our first few months of being in market questioning whether there was alcohol in the beer, in our beer, because, you know, in their words, they were pretty sure they were getting a bit of a buzz to the to the point where we actually had to go about, go back and we were, we were kind of quite alarmed and had to go back and test the beer to make sure that it, it absolutely was non-alcoholic. Aside from aside from that anecdote, I think a lot of people are changing what they want out of drinking occasions. And again, for us, it's not about not drinking. It's not about drinking or not drinking. So I think a lot of people who are enjoying Heaps Normal are having a couple of beers, have, having those social beers. Um, you know, maybe maybe getting a little buzz on if if uh, if that's what they're looking for, and then switching over to Heaps Normal or another great tasting non-alcoholic beer. A lot of people, you know, are kind of tired, I think, of, um, you know, in, in social situations, you know, just relying on the same boring conversations and small talk. Um, you know, they want to have real conversations. They want to make real connections with people that aren't reliant on um, just being wasted or the the after effects of, of, you know, those kinds of nights. So, yeah, for us, alcohol is not the enemy. It's more the mindless use of that product um, that I think most of us have um, decided isn't isn't the sort of best way to go about it. And there's a spectrum there, you know, around what that is. I don't know if you've coined it, but you're you're sort of pushing this phrase of mindful drinking. That's basically what it means. What you've just described there. Yeah, we well, we certainly didn't coin the term mindful drinking. Um, we sort of refer more to um, mindless drinking um, and. I guess it's really it's all the same message, but we we just encourage people to reflect on what's working for them. If you're reflecting on it and you feel like you're getting what you need out of it, then works for us. Mate, I reckon you need to be worried. Your biggest competitor in that market when you think about it is the Shandy. So I don't know if that's a threat or an opportunity for you, but half lemonade, half beer, <laughs> it gets around a lot of these problems. <laughs> Yeah, it, look, uh, I love a shandy as well. I think um, I think it's it's great for the Australian climate for a certain taste. Yeah, that it's a it's a cracking option. Um, I think uh, it's not for all beer drinkers though, and um, and certainly I think 
you know, one thing that we're trying to offer an alternative to is the amount of sugar in some of those drinks, um, mm-hmm. you know, and even the amount of sugar in mocktails and, and cocktails as well. That's a very good answer. Okay, so just finally, where, where do you think this is all going? So the category is at, at 1% of total beer sales. Do you think, you know, I mean, that's, that's come a long way from what it was, I imagine. Is, is that it? Should you sell the company, cash in on the $50 million, or do you see it growing a lot more from here? There's a lot more for us to do. There's a lot further for the category to grow, and we're having heaps of fun. So we're, we're sort of... Um, we're really excited about the next, um, yeah, five or ten years for the category in particular, because um, I think that in that period it's going to undergo dramatic change. You've only got to look to more mature markets like the US, UK, and, and parts of Europe to see that there's a lot, a lot of ground for Australia to make up when it comes to the consumption of non-alcoholic drinks. We probably don't like to admit it as Aussies, but. Um, you know, we we tend to follow uh, a lot of the trends that um, that kick off in the states. A lot of the consumer behaviour, in particular. Yeah. So, where do you think the category will get to? The bullish kind of members of the of the non alcoholic uh, sector in Australia think ten percent of beer in the next few years, uh, and that would be ten percent of total beer volume. We're excited to be a part of that growth and. Um, you know, even if it doesn't reach the, the full extent of some of those predictions, um, it's it's going to be a really exciting journey and a really, I think, exciting change uh, and a positive change to the, to the way that Australians relate to alcohol and, and drinking occasions. That was Andy Miller, co-founder and CEO of Heaps Normal. And it's just an incredible story. And it's great that there's actually an Australian-owned company who's doing so well in this new rapidly growing market because the big international beer brands and pretty much all the beer we drink is owned by internationals these days they're all having a big crack at this market too but heaps normal has really done well in creating a brand that people are responding so well to so it's going to be fascinating to see how they go and if one of those big beer brands tries to buy them out anytime soon also really interesting there to just reflect on the way we're changing our relationship with alcohol and it can only be a positive thing to have more choices so that, you know, we choose when we drink and when we don't rather than just subconsciously accepting it as part of the status quo. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Monday to Friday briefing. Tomorrow, Saturday morning, you got the weekend briefing in your feed with Jamila Rizvi. Jamila, who's on this week? I've had a conversation with Chloe Fisher. You might know her best because she is the partner of Grammy-nominated DJ Fisher, who is known, of course, around the world. And we've been talking about their life together and their many attempts to have a baby. Chloe actually fell pregnant for the very first time on their on their wedding night, and she has since been through seven full rounds of IVF and a number of miscarriages. Her story is at times really hard to listen to because Chloe and Fisher clearly want this so much. They want to have a family, they want to have children, but their incredible courage and Chloe's friendship with her listener podcast co-host Elodie Pullen are part of what has helped get her through. It's a really beautiful and moving conversation. Yeah, look forward to that one. I read a really interesting feature article on those two, um, her and her partner Fisher touring the world, living the absolute dream, but what they really want 
is to have a baby and that's been such a hard journey for them and something that so many people can relate to. So look forward to hearing that one on the weekend briefing. Big thank you to the hardworking briefing team. Uh, We'll catch you on Monday. Thank you. Listener.